Welcome to the Coast Talk Talk podcast. I'm your host, Nick Swinmurn, otherwise known as Coast Talk. I've been a lifelong entrepreneur. Whether it's sports, tech, food, fitness, I've got a bunch of passions. I've also been fortunate enough to invest in some of my favorite sports teams. Along the way, I've met a bunch of great people, whether athletes, entrepreneurs, executives, and we hope to dive into their stories on our show. You'll hear backstories, successes, and failures throughout our discussions. Please subscribe, rate, and review if you enjoy listening to the show. This is Coast Talk Talk. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Coast Talk Talk podcast, where we deep dive into the passion projects of the best athletes and entrepreneurs every week. I'm your host, Nick Swinmurn, otherwise known as Coast Talk. On today's show, I sit down with Santiago Portela, co-founder and CEO of Fitchin. Welcome to the show, Santiago. Hi, Nick. Thank you for having me here. Excited to have you. Excited to... uh, to hear your story and, and learn more about what you're working on. If you want to start by, I guess, a quick background story, wherever you want to start. You can start at birth, you can start at you know, <laughs> early career. What, what led you to, uh, to launch uh, Fitchin? Yeah, I will, um, I will kind of do it quickly so I don't bore everyone to death. Um, I grew up in Buenos Aires, though I've been in, in New York for the last uh, 12 years. I came uh, to New York for business school. Um, to Columbia Business School, and and then I stayed in New York, uh, stayed in the U.S., working insurance and, and then banking. And during this time, at the same time, I was uh, looking at crypto with uh, a couple of friends from business school. Um, it's five of us, and, and we were discussing for some time what else we can do and what else uh, kind of uh, have our own project. And um, last year... A little bit by chance, a little bit by circumstances, we 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 got to um, diving into the esports and uh, and the need of uh, of that um, sector of uh, of crypto as a way of um, opening up a lot of of opportunities that were locked up there, and, um, and that's when we started thinking of the concept of fishing and and what we can do, what we could develop there, and uh, and here we are building this um, massive uh, project, which uh, we are extremely excited about. And, and, and it's, um, the scope is uh, huge. It's, it's very aggressive, what we want to achieve. But I think that it's um, pretty much in line with what the user base is looking for. And, and that's, that's what it becomes uh, interesting for, for us. Nice. So what, uh, how long ago was this? Like, when were you, when were you, that process of, of, Getting out of business school, sitting down with friends, discovering crypto. Oh. <laughs> sitting out with friends is the first thing you you do in when you go to business school, right? So yeah. um, that that started there, and 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 first it went to more uh, relationship based. Um, then it went to discussing investments, and uh, we started thinking about uh, or talking about crypto. We have one of, uh, of our partners who is very much involved into into crypto for for a long, long time. Um, For us, it was uh, a little bit later, but it was uh, 2018, 2019. We were diving into this with 2020, kind of uh, the explosion of um, the DeFi summer and uh, and all that world uh, kind of opened up a different way of of looking at crypto. Um, And then obviously that last year with NFTs was another thing that, another door that opened up on what else can be done using the technology. So it was not just, it stopped being just um, 
a, a coin or, or an investment, but more of um, the doors or the or how the technology allows to do a lot of additional things uh, yep. through the smart contracts. So what were you doing like before coming over to the U.S., going to business school? What, what were you doing? What was you um, what were you doing prior to that? I was I, I used to I was working in Argentina in 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 finance. Mm-hmm. Um, while uh, at the same time, I was also, uh, studying, uh, I studied economics there. So, uh, I was there doing that. I also play sports. Uh, I used to, to play rugby, uh, was <laughs> not very good at it, but, um, it was, uh, it was pretty competitive and, and it was fun to, to have something to, um, to play around. So, uh, yeah, it was my, my life there was around there, but, um, at an early age, uh, I, I knew I wanted to to get um, out, to, to, to go to a bigger, bigger market, bigger place. And that's how I ended up in, in New York. Was like finance and economics, was it a, something you were passionate about? Was it something where you <laughs> mapped out and you said, hey, this would be a great career to, to be able to get out and move on to you know, different <laughs> things? Or how did that start? It's, it's, saying that it's a passion, it makes me kind of... Um, a strange person, but, <laughs> but it was, in a way, it was a passion. It's Argentina is a very complicated country with a lot of uh, economic crisis. So from a very young age, I was always trying to understand what the heck was going on, right? So, uh, why inflation? Why, um, um, a crisis that, um, depressed part of the country into poverty. What was that? What, what, what is happening? What is next? What's, uh, what is the thing that impacts everyone's life so much? And, no. um, so I always liked reading and, and seeing, reading the news on economics and what was going on. And that triggered then into going into, uh, studying economics. At the same no. time, I also was interested in business. So, um, with economics and, and my interest in business kind of uh, pushed me into, or, or I find my place into finance and, and that's how I got there. So it was not so much of, um, thinking about it as, uh, no, I want to get there, but it was more on a little bit of stumbling on, okay, I found this. Oh, this seems interesting and, 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 and falling into that and a lot on, into my, or finding the things that I was interested on and looking at those things because of my interest. So yeah, yeah to make it uh, easy, yes, I kind of uh, went there because uh, that was my my interest. Though uh, probably when I started, I wouldn't have told you that that was gonna be my path. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The um. So when you're when you're, I guess looking into business school, making the decision to do that, are you doing it with a mindset of like? I assume prior to this, um, you were working for other companies. They weren't, you weren't, they weren't your own companies, right? Were you thinking like, all right, that's the step to meet, you know, either the next step needed to, you know, round out the skills to start a company, or this is the next step to go meet my future co-founders, or are you just looking at it as this is a progression in my career and I'm, I may start a company. I may just go on to work at a different company. What was the, <laughs> what was the mindset? Uh, the mindset was, uh, it was more of, how I learn more, how I get more exposure to. I'm, I have more of a mindset or I think I believe that, um, it's very hard to predict or, or, or build your path. Uh, it's never a straight line. That path is very much, um, 
defined by circumstances. What you can do in that path is prepare yourself and, and uh, study and get prepared and have the tools to then, whenever that opportunity comes, uh, grab it and, and, and make the best of it. So when I came to business school was, I want to be in a bigger market. I want to expand my knowledge and I would definitely want to get into the, in finance in, in New York where it's a broader view of, um, of my, uh, of the, uh, of the world of what's going on. Then yeah. I knew at the, uh, at the same time that that wouldn't be my, my career was not going to end there. Um, life is uh, pretty long. So I also wanted to have some knowledge on, okay, is there something else? What else can I learn now so that that uh, next step, it's easier or it's, uh, or I can do it in, in a better way. So it, I had in the back of my head that I wanted to, that, that that was not at the end, but there was much more. I never knew this is was this was the next phase after uh, being in, in finance in New York. I, I had never even thought about it. <laughs> and so what was, um, how did that idea come about? Like, how did you, how's that progression from just, here's what I'm doing to meeting a group of guys and saying, hey, this is, uh, or girls, just saying, hey, this is, um, oh, this is an interesting idea. We all have, I don't know, was, do you all have the same skill set in common? Do you have completely different skill sets and look around and go, yep, this should go more from a conversation to let's, let's do this. It started with, we want to do something. Yeah. Which is very broad and doesn't take you very far. It's okay. Yeah. You want to do that? Yes. There's, <laughs> was it an initial group? Like, like a group of you that are like, you know, you kind of over the, over time, it kind of filtered out, like, you know, maybe, maybe a bunch of people that you met that might be working on something. How did you settle on that, on that core group? Um, we have a group of, uh, pro leads, uh, I think it's 20 of us in, we have in a, in, in a group in, in Telegram. And, yeah. uh, we always discussing and throwing ideas on what to do and what to invest into. And, and we'll play around, around there. Um, of those 20, 25, there's, uh, these other four that, yeah, we were throwing around, let's do something. And we were the ones that, yes, we want to do something. And, um, we sit down and start, uh, scrubbing some ideas. Uh, at the first, there was nothing that interesting. Then, um, Kind of by, by chance, um, I, we, we, uh, we, we found this, um, esports, um, we didn't found esports, but we found the, that there was a need here in, in esports. And, and, and what is the need is when you see esports, uh, for, for people that are not into, involved into esports, we're talking about 532 million, uh, audience watching esports. So it's a, it's a br- pretty big crowd with, Money going around with publishers, uh, that are pretty strong, but we were seeing that the teams in esports, they, most of their revenues come from these sponsors. And, and the problem they face is whenever this sponsor, uh, a sponsor disappears or something happens, they have a very tough time to pay the bills and, and have a more stable, uh, bottom line. So that's definitely a problem for. Um, one of the links into, into this, you have the, yeah, the publishers, you have the organizer of the tournaments, which sometimes are the same, uh, company. You have the teams, which are weak and you have the use, the, 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 the community, the fan base, the, however you want to call them. 
how you bring the what we what we thought is how you bring this community closer to the teams so that you break that dependency of the sponsors and uh, everything kind of then trickled from there and uh, we started thinking of alternatives and we then uh, met with uh, we started discussing these with um, with a soccer player that it's very much into gaming um, he has his own team and that kind of uh, also trigger some discussion different discussions and and, and moving the project uh, to certain things that we haven't thought about it before so it was building blocks that take us where we are today and yeah. um, and every 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 decision it's uh, it was um, at the beginning it was not something that we thought about before or, or that we didn't um, um, that it was more of an exploration until we settled for what we wanted by probably the end of last year. Yeah. Uh, um, so I guess two things. How long was that process from we've 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 you know there's the brainstorming process or hey we're open to anything. Then there's like, <laughs> hey, we've we've identified an opportunity. Now we're going to learn and and you know brainstorm different ways to attack it. To hey, this is the this is the plan. Like, how long was that that process? It, it was probably six months. Six months. Yeah. Do you remember like um? And do you have any story or any any memory of like you know some <clears throat> an earlier an earlier thought of this is the opportunity that you guys thought for a second like let's go after that and then saw a flaw in it and 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 decided to to change direction just at the beginning it was everything was about nfts and 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 the minting on nfts and okay maybe this is something and uh and then that was uh totally thrown away and 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 moved more into the into esports where it was not where our view is not having expensive nfts but pretty not cheap, but uh, more microtransactions and a lot of transactions there, and generating content in, in for for the bigger um, yeah. population, and not just for uh, big uh, spenders of uh, NFTs. So yeah. yes, it, it changed a lot, um, but it, and it started from very far from where we're we are right now. Uh, but little by little, we 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 got closer to to where we are. Yeah, and then you mentioned a soccer player. I believe that's Sergio Aguero. That you, that's right. Yeah, how did that come about? Like, how did that? How did you make that connection? And as as you as I said before, a lot of things are by chance, <laughs> and uh, this happened by one of my partners, um, one of the the co-founders. He well, he's well known uh, in crypto spaces. Um, so Alex Kruger. Um, so he. He was approached by him because um, Sergio was um, interested in knowing more about this, and um, he contacted um, Alex. And one thing got to another, and then we told him about the project, and we wanted to have his input because we were looking at, at this. And um, and yeah, so one discussion led to another until we end up um, agreeing on him coming as a as an advisor and and um, an ambassador of, of the project. But as I said, m- many things are by chance and you never foresee how these uh, things will um, end up being. And uh, we were lucky to to stumble with him and and, and, good, uh, and have a good rep with him and, 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 and um, 
and yeah, and, and here we are discussing and having him as advisor and and uh, seeing what else we can build for for the esport community. Nice. And so, I mean, it's hard to start any company. It's hard to start. I don't. I don't actually don't even know which which one's harder. Sometimes <laughs> you think starting by your, you know, as a solo entrepreneur is harder. Um, but then again, there's decisions that are much easier to make because you can just make them, right? And you're starting with a. Is it five five of five co-founders? Yeah. Yeah. How was that? Um, How's that process been? Did you guys have different, all different skill sets? Was it was it easy to kind of divide up, divide and conquer responsibilities, duties, decisions? <laughs> there, <laughs> where to start? Yeah, it's never easy um, when you have more than one person. At the same time, being by yourself is also not easy. Um, yeah. It's it's a bit lonely. Um, I'm the one that it's um, full time into the project, so. That also changes a little bit the dynamics. Um, they have their skill sets and, and they help a lot into, into the strategy and where we are going and getting everything lined up and, and the access to people, access to opportunities and, and thinking the project, um, in a different way than if it was just me. Um, at the same time, I'm the, I'm the one that it's, um, full time. And, uh, and that's why I was saying something's a little bit lonely when you're, yeah. Uh, by yourself. Uh, and yeah, I have a, a big team. We're, uh, now almost, uh, 35 people working on the, on the project, but it's, um, but you always, it's nice to have someone there to rely on and, and, uh, on where you're, um, not, not sure of something or you want to, you need that interaction. It, it helps Yeah, having them as part of, uh, as co-founders, um, though they are not in the day to day, I usually go and, and, and ask for their opinion and, and involve them because of that, trying to get out of that loneliness of making the decisions by yourself. It's, um, sometimes it's a bit frightening when you're just there and there's, uh, so many things to do and, and, uh, and no one knows every answer and I don't know every answer. And, and there's a lot of things I have to answer <laughs> and, yeah. and it's, uh, and you, and you need other heads to, uh, just bounce that ideas and, and see what, uh, what is worth it and just what is just uh, a waste of time. Yeah. So you've got now, now kind of, we're kind of going back and, and, and <laughs> asking all these questions, but now you've got a, okay, you've, you've got your, you've got your co-founders, you've got, you've got a vision, um, you know, you know, you've got a, a really big market to address, which we can get a little bit more into. Um, and then you've got, you know, obviously this is what you think is needed. Now, how do you fund this? Like, how do you, What's, what's the first thing? Um, cause you know, some aspiring entrepreneurs listening, like, and there's, you know, they got, okay, got it. I've gotten through this part. I've got my idea. I've got some people to help me. Now, what do I do? How do you, um, obviously you have a background <laughs> in finance. And so you've got, you know, a good understanding of, of what it's going to take. How did those initial outreach or, or how did you fund, um, fun things? Yeah, it's, um, for, for, Finance guys, uh, we always start with a deck, though, uh, and, and that helps into <laughs> into uh, getting the money and selling the project and selling the idea. Um, obviously, the the first thing is okay, where I um, where the company will be, how will the paperwork, uh, if I get investors, uh, how they're gonna be giving me the money, what's evaluation, what's and all the thinking about that. But uh, the important thing then is okay you sit down with someone and you have to sell a vision. And, um, if they buy that vision and they want to invest, okay, that's, that's great. 
many people don't and let's okay let's get to the to the next one and uh, it's important not to get down because someone said no it's just uh, a game's number in a way and yeah. um yeah for us with the people behind it and and our connections and um it was um we are now close to closing the 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 seed round and it was uh, hopefully it was it seems to be a very successful one so uh, that was uh that kind of pay the bills for it will pay the bills for going forward and and and, and we are lucky of that but it's um yeah it starts with how you fund fund this and how you how you do it still i would say the that is the easy part it's much more difficult when you just sit down okay i have my deck i let's just, i have some of the money and the other money is going to hopefully come and what I do now? What's the next uh, thing? It's uh, and you're starting from scratch uh, a project, and then you need a lot of different people working with you, and you have to uh, find the right people. You have to, and um, and then you have to build the project, the 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 product, and you have to uh, market in that product. And it, there's there's so many things around it, and uh, that's probably I would say the once you get the money and. Uh, before getting the money, you think uh, the most important thing is getting the money, which it is, because if not, you can't start. But then it's where the real challenge begins, uh, building this um, dream or this vision into something tangible. And um, yeah, that's, that, that's, that, that's a lot of fun. And, but at the same time, there's a lot of days that are a little bit lonely on, okay, Am I doing this right or not? And yeah. what is next? And what is <laughs> you probably know about this? Yeah, yeah. I always think, um, you know, I always think that, like, why, you know, why are some people more comfortable or able to just make the jump, right? And I, and I think it. I've I, for me, I've come down to this. You got to be comfortable Crazy. with uncertainty, right? You got to be. <laughs> you got to be okay knowing that, like, hey, the, there's a lot of unknown here, and there's a lot of things that are going to change. And instead of seeing that as something which kind of paralyzes you, you got to see that as like, how exciting, like, you know, what a great opportunity. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't even know how we're going to do this. We don't know what's going to change. Like even front fundraising, right? Like you, you can't really control, you know, you look and you go, man, these companies that raise money when everyone was giving money away. And then all of a sudden now it's like, oh, there's certain times where it's like, oh, now it changes for no reason other than some outside circumstances. And now it's like, much harder to raise money or, you know, NFTs, you know, NFTs is like, NFTs is a great buzzword. And then all of a sudden it's like, Ooh, now people are like, don't rely too much. You know, that NFTs can't be your own strategy. So there's all these things that, you know, I think it's, you know, it's, in a way it's a test of an, of a conviction on an idea, but a lot of it is no, you can't control these things. It's just, uh, you know, I was actually thinking earlier when you were speaking that when you were talking about, um, you know, some of the economic uncertainty in Argentina, and then that led you to, you know, an interest or seeing the value in finance and economics to understand it, that was the foundation of, you know, as an entre of an entrepreneurial journey. Cause it's like, Oh, how can I, you know, I can't control what's going on around me, but how can I kind of eliminate some of the uncertainty, right. By like, I always tell people, like I always tell, and there's different opinions on it. Right. I always tell like a, if a young entrepreneur said, should I, should I quit my job to work on this idea or not? My thought is no, you have, there's 24 hours in the day. If you, well, it depends. If you need, if you need money 
to pay your bills, to eat, to pay rent, to survive, then why would you like stop being able to do that, right? Because that creates more uncertainty that you can't control. You can control that. You can say, hey, if I keep my job, I don't have to worry about how I'm going to eat, how I'm going to pay my bills. Now you just have to figure out how am I going to get everything done in a day, right? Yeah. But I think it's... um. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. That was that was the, the thing I was thinking when when you were talking about how you got into that and why. I was like, oh, great. Well, he's he's used to uncertainty. He's set up to understand things and remove, you know, you know, the unknown on, on certain areas. So I think that's. Um, yeah, but picking picking up on 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 your comment, um, for many months I was uh, working. Yeah, in in a bank with uh, very long hours. And at the same time, uh, I was uh, working after hours in the, into the project. I uh, was working during the weekends. Uh, the I was uh, using every second I had to uh, think of this and how to. And I only moved full time when everything kind of was uh, settled and the and the project idea was settled. It's, yeah. um, y- you can't just uh, throw yourself into, it is an unknown the uh, any kind of startup but you can't just do it without having at least a little bit of control of where this is going or at least uh, what you are doing so yeah. as long as you can keep two jobs uh do it at some point in time it's uh, just too much and, and you have to choose one yeah. or the other and um and yeah and being an ent- uh, entrepreneur it's it's not for everyone it's um managing the unknown there's a lot of unknowns. You, even in a in a big company, you don't know if uh, you have that job uh, the day after, and uh, it depends on a lot of factors. Um, in a startup, that uncertainties are even bigger, and yeah. if um, you have problems managing that, it's not the best place to be. If yeah. you go past that, it's an amazing experience because there's uh, so much that can build, so much that you can uh, put in place and, and think of and and, and shape that it's, uh, every day. So, oh, this is, this is great. I can build this or that. And, uh, and, um, and thinking of uh, solutions and, uh, and, and, and bringing these to the next level. Yeah. I think we compared to athletes, right? It's like athletes have to, they have to physically and mentally push past a certain place just to see if they even have a chance of becoming an athlete, right? The average, like the average person is just there and goes, I, I might, I might, you know, and then, Nope, there's a there's a seven year old, eight year old, twelve year old kid out there that's doing more and training more and and pushing harder and learning how to be comfortable being, you know, practicing something until they're good at it or or being physically exhausted and trying to see, hey, what's on the other side? Like, can I break through this one barrier so I can break through the other side? And I think entrepreneurs is no different. Like, you've got to be you've got to be willing to kind of push through, get uncomfortable. You have to, you know. If the question is like, well, how am I going to do all this? Is and you get stopped there. That's like a, that's the barrier. You know, it's the same as the, hey, I want to go to this party, but I also want to be a professional tennis player, and I should really be training and getting up early. There's like these little, these little barriers along the way, which I think, especially, you know, with with a lot of young people that that say they want to do something, and it's like there's there's these very uh, very basic things, and I think even just hearing the length of time and 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 how long things take and and the process they have to go to. So you're in these pitches. What was your, um, for Fitch and what's the, what's the pitch? What's, the, what's the, you know, the summary of like, Hey, this is the opportunity and, and kind of what we're going to do that you were, 
you were giving to uh, potential investors? One thing is the market. We're thinking of, uh, we're talking about a huge market, right? We're thinking of 532 million uh, viewers um, as an audience watching esports. Uh, and we are thinking, we are seeing 261 million esports enthusiasts. Many of those, we don't see them because it's a, it's a digital community, but they're out there. They are, they spent, uh, the amount of money spent in, in games. We're talking about 200 billion. Um, so it's a massive area. Uh, the, as I told you before, we have the, the esport teams, which are, you have the audience, but the esport teams are, uh, very weak into, into this, um, in this relationship. So how you make them or how you use, uh, technology to make them, um, generate or change their business model to, uh, generate uh, revenue from their fan base. Yeah. And in a way, this is Fitching. What is Fitching? A web three gaming community playground that connects esports, esport teams, streamers and fans. What this means is, this uh, playground, what, what does this mean? This uh, first, first thing is a community hub where fans can get closer to the, to their uh, teams they, they follow through a membership, a membership pass in the form of an NFT. So we are using that technology to know, okay, you bought that membership pass, so we know who you are, and now I can give you exclusive content, tournaments, voting and polls, special benefits, uh, discounts, access to special experiences, and in real life events, plus using blockchain, the, the com- uh, community ge- uh, governed treasury. So one aspect of the, of the platform is this uh, membership hub. Then we have tournaments. We're talking about the gaming community. So um, they want to play, they want to compete. So we uh, are building a open tournament, a platform for playing tournament, for playing uh, tournaments on the, are uh, on the biggest uh, titles, League of Legends, Valorant, uh, uh, Counter-Strike and so forth with some open tournaments. So anyone can go sign up and, and play for prizes and also community closed um, tournaments. What this means is you're part of a community. You bought the membership of uh, a, a special uh, team that you follow, and then you have a um, you play against other members of the community, and and you can be part of this leaderboard, and then uh, maybe uh, maybe play another tournament, one community against the other. So you're defending the colors of your team and uh, all the the games around it. Yeah. A third aspect, a marketplace. Um, where you can find value-added content and limited um, collections produced by us and the other and the teams. And last but not least, a metaverse experience where we are looking to provide a truly immersive um, open metaverse experience uh, through a three-layer metaverse agnostic uh, strategy. What we are doing is basically building. One, one of the layers is building the houses of the teams in the metaverse and helping the teams monetize, but also create experiences for their users into the metaverse. Why metaverse for gamers? Because as I said before, it's a digital community. You don't have all the fans in the same city. It's not that you can do an in real life event and, and have everyone show up. 
you might have them in different cities, in different countries, in different continents. So this is kind of the, the core proposal for the teams. Yeah. And um, where the key here is, again, community and a way of the, and providing all these tools to the esport teams to access that community. It's, yeah. if, it's, it's, it's a tool for the esports uh, teams and their communities more than a project that, uh, a product that we are setting by ourselves uh, to throw there and see who's coming. Got it. So the, so it's get the teams and then let the teams activate their communities versus go build a huge community and then tell the teams, Hey, we've got a, exactly. a bunch of people. Yeah. So, so it sounds, um, it sounds logical, right? And, and it sounds like, okay, if, if, uh, as an investor, you'd be like, okay, big market, um, clear customer, which is the teams benefit for them, smart team. What are the, what are the strange, I mean, I was just fascinated by the, uh, the fundraising process because you sometimes you just hear the most ridiculous objections but what were when you did hear objections if you if you heard any what were the things that kind of th- surprised you or threw you off to like was there anything where it was like oh good point i hadn't thought about that let me let me incorporate that in my next pitch and was there anything where it's just like it just kind of made it seem like a you know are you even listening to me you know you're an invest you're an investor and you're just asking something which is so irrelevant you know what we found out or not found out, but one thing that we notice is before pitching, it's you are with um, your partners talking day and nights on what you're doing and, and, and you get a very uh, clear understanding of what the product is. And, uh, and you build this pitch and, and, and it seems, and everyone understands what you're talking about. But yeah. then when you um, go and bring someone from outside, it's, Many times or many things, they don't get it. And it's not they don't get it because they don't get it and they're not smart. It's just, you know the product so well, or, or you have been discussing this for so long that you uh, take a lot of things for granted or a lot of uh, the, what you're saying, you, you're not clear enough for someone that it's not, for the audience, that it's not very much involved into this. So it was a lot of... Um, of people saying, okay, this is a crypto project where you are, you're going to pump this. And then, no, no, I'm not going to pump anything. It's a, it's, it's, it's a product for the teams. It's a product of bringing their communities It's generating content with them. It's a, that's, that's where the value is. And it was, um, it, it took us some work on, on actually being able to explain not for us, but for the outside audience, what we are doing and how and, and why. The other yeah. thing that it was, uh, it was that we found is it's a very, the scope is very big. So it's, uh, th- this project is, we knew from the beginning that we were not going for something small. And, um, and many of the, the, the people that we went to, they were kind of afraid of, of, uh, of having such a broad scope. Which, yes, it's in, in a way it's a problem. Um, yeah. At the same time, um, what we thought and still think is, if you're gonna go to a user that is looking for, uh, it's, it's gonna jump into this. Uh, they're looking for something broader than just uh, one specific uh, thing, because for that they can find it. They can do it in a different way without coming to me. If I build this ecosystem there's much more value that they, they can find 
and um, and not just the users, but also the teams on how brands perceive them and how. So, for instance, the metaverse. Yes, it's um, you could do everything without the metaverse. Yes, but we were talking about the experience for the user. It's um, it's it's different if uh, they can meet at least in the digital world than if there's nothing of that for brands and and the teams. It's also interesting to have a metaverse experience because that now they can showcase their brand in a different way. So there's every aspect of this um, project, the, the, the scope, it was think of a full ecosystem to bring these uh, communities and these teams to the next level. Um, in, a gr- in an aggressive way, yes, yeah. but with a clear path on how we are doing it and how we are uh, tackling each of the things. But for many, that's uh, too aggressive, and they they prefer something more simple, more small, and more manageable. Yeah, I always think it's interesting because I find people want focus, small, manageable, but at the same time, they want something gigantic. <laughs> so, it's always like, so it's like, well, hold on a sec, you know? And it's like, um, and I do think it's a challenge too as an entrepreneur to balance like, there's all these things we want to do. We see the value in all the parts. We see the greatest value in the sum of all those parts. But we also know that if we try to do all of them at once, you know, like it's it's like a, it's very, it's very tricky. You know, it's, so, it's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. And, and, and uh, what is my um, everyday work? It's, it's deciding on what I push backwards and what I push forward. It's, yeah. it's, it's, um, because every, you can't do everything at the same time. It's, it's the whole product won't be on day one. Yeah. The question is, what do you need on day one? What in day two and so forth? And those are the decisions that I have to make, which are tough, uh, because, um, who knows? Maybe it should be the other way around something or, yeah. um, you're just uh, thinking of a product and the user, how they will um, think of your product uh, beforehand. And the user it's, uh, is the true judge of, of the product and, and you're trying to do that uh, beforehand. Yeah. But, that, but, but, but that's, that's my role. It's uh, trying to find out how I can, as soon as possible, have everything, but at the same time, do it in a sequential way so that the user has enough value, but um, my teams can build everything for for that in a reasonable time. It's it's you don't uh, build uh, Rome in a day, right? Yeah, no, I always think it's yeah, it's 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 so hard to balance feature creep where you're like, hey, we're now we're just now we're just addicted to iterating, right? And we're like yeah. adding these things. We, like you said, we have no, we don't know if the user actually wants it, but it's really hard to know where the cutoff for that is because it's some. <laughs> It's always like easier looking back. You know, looking back, you go, "Oh, we should, we didn't need to add those things." But then you could equally look back and be like, "Oh, we we launched it without enough things." And so it's it's really. Uh, and then prioritizing is like I always, for me, I always I always look back and wonder when I look at things that don't work. You know, and I think, was I, you know, if I was fo- more focused on one specific thing, would I have? And it's all revisionist because you think, oh, then that would have worked. And it's like, no, there was a reason that you weren't focused on just that one thing. But then sometimes I think, you know, when there's multiple areas, it's very easy to run into resistance with one 
and consciously or subconsciously just kind of start working on the other. And so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating and it's interesting. And it's, uh, you know, I think it's one of those challenges why those projects a lot of times are, are rewarded the most in the end, because it is very hard to, to get that balance right. So how do you look at, um, I guess two things, um, you have, you know, the membership tokens as NFTs, right. And, and like, you know, as a relatively new industry, um, and one where there's a lot of emotion attached to it and, and excitement and and like when things are up, everything's and going fear. to NFTs. Yeah, and fear. When things are down, it's like, oh, that was a fad. Like, how do you, where do you see NFTs as they stabilize or kind of as more use cases evolve or, you know, are they are they a part of, do you think they'll be a part, a piece of great projects or do you think they can be like great projects just with that as the primary? I think NFTs, exactly concept uh, at the end of the day is a technology yeah so it's good for a lot of things it's uh, not so good for others for memberships i think it's great because um you know that you give the membership to that person and then you know who that person is because it has it in in their wallet and you can target exactly what you the benefits that in that membership uh, carries you can target those uh, to them yeah. so as a technology is great then are NFTs going to be valued millions of dollars? I don't know. Are my NFTs going to be valued millions of dollars? That's not our, our goal. Our goal is selling 25, 40 bucks um, membership that gives you access to A, B, C, D that was arranged with the team and, uh, and is something that the, the, the user, the community is looking for. Yeah. So it, it's, it, it's hard to, to, um, for me, to, it's, it's important to separate the different uses for that. It's, yeah. uh, it can be, um, a key that unlocks, uh, a ticket that unlocks, uh, gets you into a, a party, or it can be a membership, or it can be a collectible that, um, you have it into your, in your walls and it's, uh, millions of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's um, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's, 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 it's at least for now, yeah. I think it's a big unknown. Yeah. I mean, I think when we're, you know, when I look at it, um, and I dove, you know, headfirst down the rabbit hole last year, and it's like such a fascinating space. And and I would just always hear the buzzword of utility, right? Utility, utility, utility. And I thought, what is the utility? The utility is like misunderstood by a lot of holders. And, and there's just this idea, like, you know, what exactly do they own? What exactly are they, do they feel like they're entitled to in the future or going to, going to get in the future? And so I've just kind of whittled it down to, at least for me, it's like, if I can explain, I mean, collecting is collecting. So there's always going to be collectors. And I still buy things as a collector that I just have, you know, whether it's a hunch or a theory or, or I just like it, right? And that's a, that's a personal decision to each, each collector. But I think that's just way, there's way too many variables and things that could affect that, that as a project you can't control. And so I, I, look, I agree with you. I look at it like, if I can explain to someone the utility of an NFT, why would they buy it and what would it open access, you know, open their access to or what could they do with it? If the only answer I have is it might go up in value or it's rare, then it's probably not enough for me to for me to sleep good knowing that um, I have some some control of <laughs> of where this goes. Right. And so I think that's um, but I do agree with you that everything gets kind of lumped in into like, you know, something that was 
well, it's not irrationally worth something. I mean, whatever people paying for it, whatever the market decides what it pays for it, and now it's worth a lot less. That shouldn't necessarily affect people's perception of NST, NFTs in general that do provide some utility. But right now it's so new and it's so early. It's kind of like saying, oh, the internet, you know, this this company, uh, no one's using it anymore, so the internet doesn't work. You know, it's a little bit... Uh, yeah, it's a little my, bit my, my, my space uh, went down, so uh, social yeah. media, it's uh, useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so a couple of last questions. The, um, you know, because so, you know, with your background um, and building something of such a large scale, where there's going to be steps involved and, and points along the way, like how do you decide how much to raise? Like how do you, you know, outside of market conditions where people are like, oh, you know, before it's you know raise, you know, X and and then raise because you know you can raise at a higher valuation and more around to now people saying, oh, we better you know you better have. 18 months runway, you better have this, that, and the other. Like, I think a lot of people can't figure out, and especially if, you know, young entrepreneurs listening, right? A lot of them, they almost, well, one, there's this conception, misconception that like raising, you know, $500 million is a greater success than raising $500,000. It's not, it's the same, it's the same thing. It just depends when do you need it and why, right? You could give away, you can give away your whole company and raise too much money Great, great job. But now you really now you have a job. You know you're not you're not running a company anymore. How do you decide? Uh, I guess in this market and just in general as a rule of thumb, how much to raise and um, yeah, I guess that's the that's and how long to have it last. <laughs> it's an impossible question. Yeah. <laughs> how much? It's um, you said it very clearly. That's the. It's very hard to know how much because. Um, anyone that's starting a, a company, they truly believe in their product. So they believe that you will increase in value. So by selling now, you're kind of um, selling cheap, if you want, which you need that because you need the partners and you, and you need uh, the funds to actually develop and, and get there. But if you sell too much, you lose the company, or you lose a, a lot of the upside that you were thinking of just because... Uh, you were uh, worried about having all the money today than having it tomorrow. Um, if you raise, raise too little, then um, at some point you might need money and, and, and fail just because uh, you don't have enough money. So it's, it, it's, a, very, it's a very difficult uh, question, which no one has. I don't, I don't think anyone has the, the answer. In, yeah. in hindsight, yes, uh, you can say, oh, I, I should have raised... Uh, uh, more or less, um, when you're in the process is w- what we are looking at or, or we looked at, it's, okay, how much I need for the next 12, 20, uh, 24 months? Mm-hmm. Um, how much leeway I want into that? Because uh, you are never in budget. Uh, sometimes it's a little bit uh, start slow and then you have uh, extra costs for some other reasons. So you kind of have to uh, think of those things if happened, but yeah, it's, it, it's, there's no science there. It's just, you try to not to go too far and at the same time, not too little. And, uh, yeah. and then a lot has to do with, um, the investors and, and where they're willing to do and how much money they're going to invest. And, and then it's just hope for the best, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. When I was involved with a company that, um, that almost in a way just kind of made fundraising its primary, it's, it kind of morphed into its primary primary role. And it was just 
I just didn't understand it. You know, it was like, well, we needed to raise a little bit of money to have some stability and build what we wanted. And also, in theory, have more people with a vested interest helping us along the way. And then, and then it seemed like, oh, great, what a great situation. More people want to give us money. But then it was, hmm, now it just kind of changes. There's something subtle that happens where it just changes uh, just the feeling and changes like the, um, the thoughts around money. And then it was like, but then at times all fun things, you know, and, and, and so there it became something where it's like you start looking around and you go, why is everyone, why does everyone want to put money? You know, like it doesn't, almost in a weird way, it's like you... Um, <laughs> It's too cheap. <laughs> yeah, you, you like you think less of the you like start questioning the intelligence of the investors whether they're giving you too much money for things, and then you. But at the same time, if you uh, you have also done things where it's like, I think it's a, I think it's a I think obviously it's a necessary process at times, but it's also that that balance of like if you knew exactly what was about to happen, then you would raise the smallest amount and get to that point and raise again. But that's just not it's not reality. So I always just think I think it's a misconception, especially among people who have never gone through the fundraising process or younger entrepreneurs, that there's this very strict formula that everyone understands. You know, you'll, you'll hear about, right? Like, there, oh, if you start a liquor company, there's a very clear formula on when you'll get acquired and for how much. If you can hit this threshold and you can have these margins, you'll get acquired for this multiple. And it's like, dude, there is that, that does not apply to startups at all. It's literally just, uh, which is what's so fun about it. You know, it's like the little bit of the Wild West and like, hey, let's find the people that believe in the same vision do our best to navigate this crazy, chaotic uncertainty and go into big, you know, big categories with big opportunity. And the bigger the category and the more the opportunity, the more outside variables that we can't control. And it's just like, a, I mean, that's why I love talking about it and love, uh, you know, hearing stories from, from people like you. Like, it's just such a, um, it's just such a fun, a fun space, but also like, you know, you just sit there just like spinning your head <laughs> so often. And then what you realize the common theme is like, and it kind of gives you comfort is like, yeah, like if there was a formula, we would all be gone because someone who has the formula would just be knocking out companies uh, left and right. So it's. Uh, yeah. And, 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 and then you read books of, uh, of people telling their experience, but uh, telling from where they are today and uh, putting all the dots together of uh, backwards. And yeah. when you're going that way, it's not clear what's, <laughs> what's in a thing. And, and yeah. that's, uh, in a way, it's frightening. And at the same time, as you said, it's, it's, it's fun of, uh, okay, what's next? Yeah. But there's, uh, it's more the, the unknowns than the knowns. And, uh, and there's no formula. It's just um, putting yeah. yourself there and, and hoping for the best and working hard to get there. And, uh, and then being capable of... Uh, moving around if you need, because uh, you see a change in the market or you see this and that, and, and you have to be flexible and, and not uh, think that you have all the answers and, and no one understands you because uh, they're dumb. It's uh, just open up and, and move with the, with the flow and with, with knowledge as much as possible and, and, and the right people that will help you navigate those waters. Yeah, I think that's another misconception as people is there's there's very, there's there's very little need for posturing. You know, people see right through it. Everyone under you know, it's it's better to say these are the areas we can't control. We don't know. This is the, the thing we're going after. The um and it's funny when you talk about the 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 winding road is like I've always I hadn't really thought about it until you just said that. Is like I've always hated talking about the past because one, I'm excited about tomorrow. I already had <laughs> yesterday. But two, it's like I'm always aware as I'm speaking that the story I'm telling 
is some form of revisionist history. You know, like I'm not remembering everything accurately. So whether I'm underselling it or overselling it, I'm not really doing justice to what was actually happening. And it makes everything seem, you know, even it just makes everything seem seem different than it than it was. And so I think that's the, uh, yeah, it's it's really a especially with so many things going on from so many different angles and and uh, you know it's crazy. Yeah, you never know where things will fall, and you see history and just taking out of a going outside of a, of company. So you go to history, and I mean, when you see in back, you, you look backwards. It's it's obvious that this was going to be the outcome, but when you were leaving that, or the people were leaving that, many people thought it was going to be A. Some many people were thought it was going to be B. It was not that obvious, and why is yeah. that? Because there were a lot of moving parts that were happening. And, um, and yeah, uh, after the fact, everything seems obvious. Uh, when you're out there, it can happen so many different things and you don't know. It's, um, yeah. it's, um, uh, but also it makes it fun, right? <laughs> no, for sure it does. Yeah. It's the, uh, I mean, it's the uncertainty. I think it's really, literally phrase the uncertainty is what makes it fun. We don't know what's going to happen. And just as soon as you're comfortable with that, then, uh, there's a ton of ton of opportunity. So, uh, two last questions. One, the name. Where did where did Fitchin come from? It's um, it, it's playing a little bit with growing up uh, when you went to the arcades. Uh, we called them the the, the token where the uh, Fitchin Fitchin without the T. So it was um, we were playing with with that name and the fit because um, it's the esports and so it was. Uh, Kind of uh, making it uh, this um, um, token uh, more of uh, of the esports. So yeah. th- that's 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 where it's more of um, a game that we we played uh, against us uh, Spanish speakers <laughs> on, <laughs> on the uh, on the name. Nice. And then um, so kind of knowing knowing what you know, seeing what you see. If there's one piece of advice, you know, your, your, your loved ones, your, your future generations, they're, they're going on to an entrepreneurial or just a, just a general business career. What's the one piece of advice that you would give them? Be certain why you're doing it, because it's uh, not every day is easy. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, as we discuss, uh, and, uh, and you have to be prepared for that. If not, um, it will be tough. And, but you need to know what you are, why you're doing it so that any, any day that you are uncertain and, and thinking, uh, negatively of what's going on, you have your North and you know why you're doing it and, and, and you don't, uh, uh, go down that rabbit hole and you can get up and, and continue on fighting. Awesome. I think that's a great, uh, that's a great message for everyone. I've I got a million questions, but I think we, uh, maybe we'll save that for, for the future get an update on the project and, and a future conversation, but um, yeah, it was great to it was great to meet you. Really enjoyed uh, you know hearing the story, hearing your thoughts on on the process, and I think this will be a uh, a really interesting episode for for our listeners. So I appreciate you appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks. Well, everyone that um, everyone that listened this far, hope you enjoyed our episode. If you get a chance, uh, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, Santiago, where can where can our listeners find you? Well, they can find us in our website is uh, fitchin.gg. And then we have our Twitter account that it's uh, fitchin.gg. And uh, that's the easiest way of uh, finding us probably. Awesome. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode and we'll see you next week.